0: Good afternoon. This is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE FM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternatives and everything in between. My mission is to change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Today I'm with Anna-Marie Hubbard, owner of Copia Professional HR. Now you may ask, what does human resource management, terrible word, have to do with health? As you will find out today a lot. Anna-Marie has over 25 years of experience in managing human resources, which really are people, and challenges that face businesses and employees related to health and wellness. Welcome, Anna-Marie, and thank you for coming on my show.
1: Thank you, Christine, for having me. Yes, workplace health, great topic for today.
0: Yeah, now tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get involved with human resources?
1: Well, I didn't start out in HR. I actually did a sociology degree and business. I started off in sales. I, I did sales and was hired by an HR company to do sales for them. And I uh, ran the career up the ranks and decided I better take the HR courses as well, because now I'm in HR. And I I actually really like working with companies. I love people. So I think it's a very good fit for me.
0: Mm-hmm. So really, what does an HR professional do?
1: HR has really evolved over the last few years. And one of the most important things, or the biggest change in HR, it's become very strategic. I like to say we align people to a company's business strategy to ensure that they're able to grow and sustain as a company. That's our real mission of HR. We work with companies to set the culture. Mm-hmm. Culture has become such an important part of any business growth, you know, and the health of individuals also that works with these companies. So many people
0: have the impression that most companies only care about their bottom line. Now, why should companies really care about their employees' health and wellness?
1: Uh, health is the most important thing you know if you don't have healthy employees you are not going to be sustainable and you will not grow people are really important good health impacts you know will have an impact on people's turnover it will have an impact on productivity it will impact engagement it will uh, impact absenteeism when people are not well and not healthy, you know, you have a loss of focus in the workplace. They're not able to come into to the workplace every day. They suffer from colds and heart stress and they're totally, um, you know, they're depressed, they're sleep deprived. There's so many health factors that's linked to the workplace. So having a good, healthy workplace, a workplace culture is vital
0: yeah, I think the workplace stressors have not been addressed properly yet because many employers, the bosses only say, Oh, main thing they work. And if they stop working, fire them. And that is really not the way to go, is it?
1: No, um, realistically, you have to find, you know, I often hear companies tell me, and Marie, we had a great, employee for the last 5 years they've been a, a star performer. I don't know what happened to them. Well, the first thing you need to do is understand what's the root cause. What has created that for your employee to in, to become a non-performing employee? If they've been consistent over 5 years, something must have changed either in their personal lives that's impacting their health or in the work culture that's impacting their health. So Find the root cause, and you'll probably find out that you'll end up with a, a star performer again.
0: So that is really important, and that's what I preach all the time, too. You have to go to the root to fix the problem. You can't build a house without a solid foundation. And if you have no idea how your employees feel as a boss, I don't think you will make the same productivity and uh In the end, profit goals as if your
1: employees are happy. Definitely. Happy employees, more than anything, the statistics have proved time and time again that happy employees perform well. They feel Mm -hmm. vested. You know, people who go to work, they really want to feel successful. People just don't go to work and say, I'm going to do a bad job every day. They want to be successful. That's Mm -hmm. that's human nature. However, you know, if they're not happy, Eventually, it's going to impact their work. So what makes an employee happy? A great culture, great leaders. You know, the most important things. Everybody seems to feel that it's all about money, but it's not. It's about the people. And, you know... Money always rank at the fifth or sixth when you do these um, surveys. Oftentimes, you'll find that the money is not the number one. It's about their leader. A lot, you know, employees will tell you time and time again, "If I have a good leader, I am happy." Leadership is very important. Mm -hmm. You know, feeling that they are going to be able to perform and perform well every day is also vital for employees. Um, You know, being able to trust, have that trust in the workplace, a great workplace culture is important. People want to go to a place that they feel they belong.
0: So how should a supervisor, boss, or leader really be trained to be a good leader? Leadership is
1: a, leadership is quite tricky. You know, um, you can't train with leadership. Unfortunately, it's the one area that a lot of companies don't invest in is leadership. Um, Many times, and in in many industries, we'll see that, you know, the last soldier standing is the person that's going to become the leader. And that's not often the the most effective way to select a leader. There's a lot of training that has to go into an individual. Um, Empathy, you know, understanding empathy, understanding how to motivate an employee is very vital. Appreciation and respect, those are really good traits of a strong leader. Uh Uh-huh.
0: I completely agree, and many small businesses lack that leader training that really every leader needs. I remember when I was a boss myself in Germany, I had my practice. I had eight employees, and something always went wrong, and I dreaded that talk about their performance and what they could do better. I dreaded it because I didn't know what to say to them. And I think that is so important. So a, a small company, say they have five or six employees, something goes wrong. Can they just call you and say, please, I don't want to talk to them. Talk, you talk to them.
1: Yes, they certainly can call me. Uh, That's part of what we do, the services that we provide. You know, we're going to go back to performance management because oftentimes people think of performance managers as something negative. It's a process that's gotten such a bad reputation and people are fearful when they're going to have a performance management review. However, it shouldn't be that way. Performance management should be like an open dialogue between the manager and the employee to to figure out how they're going to get them aligned to the company's objective how are they going to get them to achieve what they're supposed to be achieving what the standards are for that company mm-hmm. that's really what performance management is about and if they're not achieving it how do you give them, what kind of support might they need and how do you give them that support to make sure that they are going to be going forward into the future achieving rather than being lagging behind
0: i think it's important to note that most employees really want to do good in their job and they want to do good for the company and it is a considerable amount of stress for the employees when they feel i i'm not sure if i'm safe here i'm not sure when i make a mistake the boss will fire me tomorrow and i have no way to support my children or whatever they need the money for because that's the end result that sadly, some employees are just working for the money. But
1: I think that maybe even a, a company culture thing too. Definitely, culture is important. Mm-hmm. You know, it it comes down to get setting the right culture. If your culture allows open dialogue, and a time where you can speak to your manager and say, "I am having trouble," and not feeling that pressure that I am going to lose my job if I disclose that employee will always come up and speak frankly. Mm. If you have a culture where people are fearful all the time, you know, errors get hidden and they become bigger problems.
0: Mm-hmm. That Employees is true. become
1: unhealthy and they don't mention it because they're afraid. People generally are afraid of losing a job. I mean, what strong reasons without their jobs that you're right. They're not going to be able to support themselves. They won't have the lifestyle that they have. So, Jobs and employment is certainly important, but it's, you know, it's developing that culture of openness and trust that Mm -hmm. employees feel that they can trust their employers and can disclose and have open dialogue with them. And I think that's very
0: important. And also that an employee that just gets fired loses confidence, especially when they don't know why, when they think it was their mistake. And sometimes it's just that the company just could, had to let somebody go and the lottery uh, hit the one, which is bad enough, but it happens and people have to accept that. Okay. I would say we'll talk a little bit more about employee stress, work-life balance as for the employer as well as for the employee, because I think both of them, it can be a considerable amount of stress to Get the working time and the family time or the hobby time under one roof.
1: Definitely. You know, work-life balance is just as stressful for the employer as it is for the employee. Uh, part of that is employers have a different stress level. You know, if you're an, uh, an entrepreneur and you're a small business, the stress is very different. You're, you're mm. constantly concerned about having that job available for your employees you've got budgets you've got finances where is that next sale going to come from how am I going to meet payroll there is a lot of stress that employers go through and employers are working long hours you know many small business owners work 70 80 hours a week because they don't have the support system or the dollars in place you know to, 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 to support, to get yeah, that yeah. support system so they're the, the person just doing it all, they work in the office, they take work home. So finding that work-life balance is very difficult.
0: Yeah, and I think we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next half of the show. Okay. And it is very important to think about that both parties have to communicate to get along well. And this brings us to the end of the first half of today's broadcast here on 975 CIOEFM Community Radio. Please tune in after the commercial break for more with Anna Maria Hubbard.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE-FM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and I'm with today's guest, Anna-Marie Hubbard. In the first half, we were talking about what HR, human resource management, a terrible word, is and what really is good about it and the different stressors the managers, leaders, bosses face, and the employees also face, and what health in the employment place means, health in the workplace. Now, many people talk nowadays about work-life balance or work-life integration. What is it and what is important about it for as well the employers as the employees?
1: Work-life balance is really the the balance between a career and a a person's career objectives and ambition and the rest of their life, you know, integrating that with their family, their health, their lifestyle, the the things they do for leisure, uh, those leisureable activities. That's what work-life, getting that, that fine balance between all of that, um, you know, it's t- it's tough. It's tough to find work life balance right now. I mean, North America, we are a culture of busy. Uh-huh. We are culture that way. Um, we somehow associate busy with being productive and successful. If you look at our media, our movies, everything is built around busy people. Yeah, and they're all busy, but they seem to be successful. Technology has changed drastically. And now we're 24-7 workplace. Everybody has have some technology that allows them to be easy, easy to reach um, and easy access. And so that has brought on some new work-life balance stresses. Globalization, another big one that happened. You know, many companies are working with global partners and they haven't quite figured out how to make that work. For their employees so employees are working during the day in one country and in at night in another
0: wow you know
1: and uh, employees are always fearful about losing their jobs Mm -hmm. so they work because they're afraid that you know i'm going to be if i'm not picking up my phone all the time i'm going to be out of the loop my boss will think that i'm not um, interested in this job and therefore i will lose my job yeah,
0: and often the uh, companies require the employees to work overtime, and that's not even paid, which is an additional stressor for the employees. Uh, they can't even schedule time in their
1: private time, not even for a date with their wife. Definitely, those have great impacts on work-life balance as well, you know, many times companies have gone through a massive change, they've downsized, but the workload remained the same and unfortunately that work falls on the employees that end up getting left behind. So it adds a lot of stress in long hours of working. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, have a great impact on their work life balance.
0: So uh, how how common is stress in the workplace for employees?
1: Stress is the number one cause of disability in the workplace. Wow, that is not
0: good. And what can employees and employers do to reduce that stress and the health risks that go with that amount of stress?
1: Um, There's a lot. I think the first thing that has to happen, it starts at the top. It starts with the leadership. The leadership has to make a true commitment to creating a healthy workplace. They need to define what does that healthy workplace look like and then create policies, programs, and benefits to support that vision. You know, get your employees involved. Employees really know what they need. You know, so if you're going to have that, that culture shift, get talk to your employees and find out exactly what is giving them stress that you can sort of work that, that change into the culture shift. Uh, communicate it at all levels. If you're going to have a healthy workplace, Everyone needs to be aware of what it looks like, what the policy says, and they know how to implement it. You know, if you have a technology, I'm going to give you an example. If you have a technology policy that says you're not to, you know, all employees shut their technology down, we're done at five, then managers should not be texting and emailing their employees at two in the morning That's and true. expecting them to respond or mm. even at 10 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. you know. Um. Unless it's a life or death situation. Yeah. So because there has
0: to be mutual respect, respect and communication the, that is definitely so important.
1: Yeah. Embrace, you know, there's a lot of changes that can happen that small changes can make huge and big differences in the workplace. Things like flex time, you know, work from flex home, time. job share. Looking for efficiencies in meetings. A lot of companies have a lot of meetings during the course of a week. It eats up time, and then people have to work later hours or take that work at home with them. You know, um, yeah, telecommuting yes. is another way that that can actually be very effective. Now, not every one of these pieces are going to work for every company or every jobs, but again, small changes and that commitment will really make a shift. You know, strive for efficiency and effectiveness, not for Mm FaceTime, you know. And by FaceTime, I actually mean if an employee does not need to be in 9 to 5 every day, you know, they don't have them come in. They can work from home, you know.
0: So it's really important that the employees know what they're working on, what is expected from them in the course of a day, and when they do that, then they're done. And whatever they do after they're done with their tasks, they can go home, they can play golf or whatever they want to do, but they are not forced to stay in for 8 to 5 unless they have a job that is hourly paid.
1: Well, I, I think it's really about, you know, again, it comes back to that culture mm-hmm. because it's respecting and understanding your employer. I'm not saying that people shouldn't work overtime. There are times in every company where overtime is necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're an accountant... You know, the end tax time, people are expected to work overtime because that's just how their business cycle runs. But it is about respecting the time and allowing employees to feel that it's okay to have personal time as well, mm-hmm. you know, um, where they can detach from their technology and they don't have to respond to their emails. They don't have to be there until 9 and 10 in the night.
0: Yeah, so let's look at it from the other side. As an employer, I see that many have the problem with their employees being on their personal technology, talking to their girlfriend on the cell phone, playing on Facebook, playing video games, listening to YouTube videos that are not work-related. What can an employer really do to avoid that kind of distraction that steals in the end productivity and is not good for the employee as well?
1: Well, you can create policies that tell an employee when they can use their technology at work. You can say during your lunchtime, during your break time, it's fine to have use our computer to go and check your Facebook or check in on your your LinkedIn. However, during the the course of the day, I would like you to be present and active doing the duties of your job.
0: Now, that is a problem if somebody sits in a cubicle without constant supervision, how do you enforce that?
1: There are different technologies that can enforce it, mm-hmm. um, you know, but there's got to be some flexibility and respect also. You know, I think that if you give your employees some flexibility, it is going to be a much more healthy work relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to be, you know, constantly leaning over your employees' shoulders and watch, checking to make sure that they're not checking their Facebook and that they're not going to be answering or responding to their emails during the course of their personal emails during the course of the day. You know, we are in a very, very open society right now. Technology is, we're being driven by social media in a variety of ways. So I think it's just that fine integration of work. And and again, it comes down to work life again. You know, people, I mean, have children in daycare. Many times they need to check in on the daycare to ensure that something is going well or they may have a senior that they're responsible for Mm -hmm. and that senior has someone at home that is caring for them they have no other they're they're working yes nine you know eight and nine hours a day but they still have that responsibility so it's finding that balance between how do you make that employee be productive and be happy to be at work but still have that freedom to say you know what i'm not going to lose my job because i i'm checking to make sure that my child is okay or at school so this comes back
0: down to communication and respect for each other. When the employer knows that this situation is the case and understands it, he will tolerate it. But if it's just that the girlfriend wants to know every five minutes what's for supper, I think that is not the right way to do it. Um, We talked about work-life balance for employees. What about the employers themselves? I mean, that's a big thing too. And they have to create a culture. And often in Canada, it means diversity.
1: Definitely. Diversity is very important right now for the workplace. Worldwide, talent is difficult to find. It's very, very challenging. To find really good talent, we have a shortage in Nova Scotia of talent, and it's not gonna get any better because the boomers are—we're retiring, we're aging, and along with that, we we haven't had the the same birth rate since. Mm. So we're we're short on talent all across the world, and so you know, embracing diversity is good for. All cultures. Mm. You know, it's not just about the ethnicity of the diversity, but it is about great ideas, having a, a different vision, how, people looking at and solving problems in a different way, different levels of education. That's what diversity is about, different age groups and making sure that they're working together for the, the common goal of the, the organization. You know, so diversity is going to be a huge part of the workplace and, and training on diversity is going to be vital. Mm-hmm. I think that is so
0: important. As you said, respect and communication, no discrimination if you can. And this brings me to the end of today's show. Thank you very much, Anna Marie, to be on the show. Please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments or suggestions or if you'd like to contact Anna-Marie. My email here is christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E at communityradio.ca and I'm always grateful for feedback. I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer, Jim Francis. Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 975 FM Community Radio with livestream on communityradio.ca at noon Atlantic Standard Time for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day. Thank you Christine.